0: To the Loyal Locals Podcast. My name is Jerry Jimenez. How's it going?
1: You're the doing good, man.
0: I'm good. It's a fort.
1: I thought you were a little st- short for a stormtrooper anyway.
2: So. Well, I am. I, um, I should take this off. <laughs> Damn five words already, like like literally 30 seconds in. Uh, what's up with that? That would make know. him a Jedi though. Hey, Gary, Steve, what's, what's the
0: name of this song, real quick?
2: Uh, my Town by Bucko9, Jerry. That's right. It's my yeah, town, not of yours. Baby, baby. Go, wait. This is my
0: town, not yours.
2: What? Oh, is it?
0: No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what I'm talking about. Our town. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loyal Locals podcast. I'm back. Jerry Jimenez here with Steven Drew, of course. Uh, st- okay. It's, it's May 4th so uh, we had a little is fun it? there in the intro it
2: is it's May, May 4th oh
0: I was just wearing this t-shirt
2: just randomly yeah. I mean, you guys are all you guys are all caught up in the Star wars stuff and I'm just up here amongst the stars oh. <laughs> okay
0: so there's a lot of things that happen we're gonna be talking about it's just episode 34 episode 34 the superpod was not 33 there was a 33 superpod and this one's 34. Got it. Uh, if you would go back and look at the website, you would know, Steve. But that's okay. Uh, <laughs> happy me. May 4th, to me. everybody. We're going to be talking about, uh, I don't know, some game that happened. Gonna, we have some other stuff that we'll be diving into, of course. Uh, how's everybody doing? Welcome, everybody that's joining us right now on YouTube. Obviously, uh, please send us comments, questions, reactions, whatever. Uh But here we are. It's kind of a weird intro to this podcast and a sad one. So that's why we made it fun a little bit, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll make the content as fun as possible, even if
0: it's
1: (laughs) sugarcoating some medicine.
0: We're going to try. I'm going to like giggle about a lot of things that are just... just, just, Assisted by beer tonight. Oh, 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 we should probably mention that. So I've been drinking since Friday. (laughs) Consistently. Still drinking our slars over here, two balls in a mic. That's right. Uh I'm having a flama Flama Roja today mm, by our friends mm. at uh Three Punk. Also, yeah. how cool is my shirt? Check this out. For those of you that are listening in audio, sorry, you're gonna have to go and look at it, but it's a s- <laughs> Steve Ode Mayo. Actually, hold on. Hold Steve, on. Where's Steve
1: from Three Punks. Yeah, Steve. Oh my Steve God. Garcia
0: from Three Punks.
1: I'm Jerry's shirt. And he's got stickers. Oh, it's fantastic. So good.
0: Isn't that
2: good? So good. That's fantastic. Shut, shout yeah shout out to steve tomorrow
0: steve-o look at that hat Beautiful.
2: the mayor of Tula vista the mayor of chula that's right <laughs> <Yeah>. so <Might laughs>
0: self-proclaimed <have helped> uh <laughs> so here we are what are we gonna be talking about today uh our beers first so i'm drinking flama roja what are you having drew
1: oh i'm having a uh, modern times it's a dungeon map um which really? is kind of how it feels breaking down this game Nice. Uh, just different chambers of torture. So, um, yeah, it's a West Coast IPA. It's got about sixty IBUs and uh, one point zero one two final gravity. So I, I love that Modern Times adds this
0: it. information. That's just like I know super yeah. nerdy. Uh, IBUs like in the back of a
1: baseball card. I love it.
0: IBUs. Uh, yeah.
1: It pitched to it's got a, t- a 2.3 IRA or ERA this it's- season too. <laughs> <It's
2: pretty good. laughs> right. Steve, what are you having? Uh, I'm having a parallel patterns by Virgin beer company. It is a collaboration with McElhenney brewing and welcome them back to the scene. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, they were the original owners and brewers of Alpine brewing. And then mm-hmm. when Alpine brewing sold to green flash, they kind of did them wrong. Um, so now the McElhenney brothers are back on the scene, brewing some incredible beer. Uh, this is one of the, I'd say, the best beers I've had in the past couple of years. It's in a, it's a West Coast IPA, but it's, it's a, it's, it's incredible.
1: Their IPAs, their reds, are some of the best reds I've ever had. And yeah. so it's, it, I'm happy that they're back and making beers because they, I'm waiting for them to make another good red IPA that would just destroy me because uh, that I'll buy all the cases of because. They make that, I, I'm all in, all the chips. Nice. Good guys.
0: Just uh, before we get started, Steve, there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of an echo on your end. Oh, no. Slightly, but we should be all right. Uh, oh, hey, welcome in. Sean Kelly is here. He said, I'm tuning in specifically to see if you guys can uh, come up with a positive spin on Friday's result. I think I can only come up with one positive statistic all night, if anyone can guess what it is. Uh, Talk about Star Wars. Uh, uh, yeah, that's why we started with Star Wars first. Let's let's, get yeah. th- let's talk about fun stuff first. <laughs> uh, Beer.
2: <store. laughs>
0: what? Already throwing some stats out here. Um, yeah, so we're going to jump into this. Obviously, uh, you know, we're back, right? The, the team is back, I should say. Uh, it wasn't the yeah. greatest result, and we'll talk about it, of course, but uh, we're back, and that in itself is a positive. So yeah, very excited great. to be back. And then we have another game coming up. So we'll be able to talk about that game coming up as well. Uh, pretty excited. Uh, and then also, and so this is going to be kind of a long one because we do have a, uh, a quick interview. Quick is about 20 minutes. An interview that I did with, uh, with John over at USL Tactics. And he kind of breaks down uh, the statistics side of what happened with San Diego Loyo and, and a couple of other things that are going to be cool. So what do you guys say we just jump into it? Well let's just do it. Let's just do it. So we played Phoenix Rising going into this match. Rising not doing good in their preseason. We were doing pretty good near the end of it. Obviously didn't start out the preseason all that great, but ended it pretty well. And going into this game, I mean there's only really one way to put it. It was a total ass kicking. It was we got our butts handed to us. Uh yeah. And it wasn't just the scoreline. It was the way that we played. If you didn't know, the game ended in 4-1. All right. Uh, and it just was not the greatest to watch as a San Diego loyal fan.
1: Uh, no. Especially after seven months off, right? So we, we haven't seen a game in, in seven months. And we come back and we heard, heard about games, almost like a dispatch pigeon from the war front in uh, the 1800s. And uh, that was pretty much all the news we got up till now. And so it felt like, okay, we had a positive kind of mental vision of our club going into this. And it just got rocked uh, completely uh, to to sleep Um, within about 30 to 40 minutes uh, opening the game. You could tell something was off and then they hadn't scored until about, what, 30 minutes in. So um, 40 minutes in, I guess, actually. So it it wasn't apparent right away with the scoreline, but it, it felt right away like, we were yeah. chasing the ball and yeah, you could tell say, about 10 minutes in. Steve, you, you actually got to go, man. That's, I did. I did. And we'll talk cool. about
2: that. I think we'll talk about that a little bit later, but we'll focus on the match right now. But yeah, um, yeah I was about to disagree with you. And then you, you corrected yourself because uh, yeah, about within the first 10 minutes uh, we looked really shaky passing that ball out of the yeah. back. And um, I don't want to get too deep into, you know, the tactics of it. Cause I know Jerry's got a really dope interview with, with a uh, USL tactics about that kind of stuff. But, yeah. Wasn't good. Uh, wasn't good. Jerry, you said it really well in, a, in one of our texts and you said, you know, is this what the club was hiding from us in preseason? You know, and th- that's kind of, that's kind of a uh, uh, pretty well said, right? Like, I think that they were really cute and, and they were really idealistic in their tactics. And they came out saying, we're going to do all these things and this is all going to work out. And then Phoenix, mm-hmm. and, ah, that's not how you're, that's, you're not going to play that way here. We're you're going to play the way that we tell you to play out here. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Right? San- the, you know, San Diego, the, came in basically, came and-
0: San Diego came in basically and said, we're going to play our game. And Phoenix right. was like, nah, doc. Nah. 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 Yeah. We just, yeah.
2: it was, it was too cute. It was too negative. Um, I don't like that was- word.
0: Stop using that word cute. That was uh, I don't like that. <laughs> such- well,
2: uh, yeah. Cute means
1: it was good. I'm watching, Jack, I'm watching the hydration break right now, 29 minutes. And Jack Blake does not look cute. He looks sweaty. He looks <laughs> like he's been chasing the ball for 30 minutes. Like he's pissed <laughs> off. And he's not having a great night and it didn't get better, any better from there but yeah he, he does not look cute well, uh, uh-huh. i would say he, he looks uh, uh, splendiferous uh of, of different uh hydration there uh, unfortunately some from inside himself as well and then looking at them taking water look really composed really really relaxed um they're not kind of walking away from each other they're staying collective um, so it's just the body language, right? You could tell. Blake, from the Blake apparently Blake were. looks
0: like Luke Skywalker, uh, being trained by Yoda is what he's trying to say. Yes, uh, exactly. So okay, so real quick, the four-one scoreline. <laughs> the seagulls. Jo- John Baccaro comes in. <laughs> t- b- 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 John Baccaro comes in, scores in the 39th. ninth uh, Santi Moore, I hate that guy. Uh, fifty-five in the fifty-fifth minute. Sorry, not fifty-five in the fifty-fifth minute. And then uh, obviously Quinn in the sixty-seventh, and then Kevin Lambert in the eightieth. Our only goal, long goal, comes from Ben Spencer. That is my yeah. positive of the game. What a nice goal! Uh, he, he gets was, a gold star. He does get a gold star. Uh, it means nothing, but- so I would say that that in itself is is a is a good thing. Did I? It was yeah, that? Sean. Probably. I don't think that's what you're talking about, but there you go. That's a positive. Uh, yeah. So you know, going into and we talked about that last
1: podcast we said he's somebody to look at and say you know if he's firing pretty well we, we can be okay and so that's a good thing for later in the year and it is the first of many games right so that is not a, a positive that doesn't as i said mean anything but he he, you know i'm i'm taking that as direct impact he came on and he did well it's just difficult to see we can generate anything else which is very frustrating off the back of that where it's you know he was still on the, the pitch for another 30 minutes and we didn't get anything so yeah um you know, yeah it's, it's tough
2: yeah, I mean, my kind of overarching takeaway, uh, not to dive in too deep, is um, I just think the system failed. You know, yeah. when when oh, you when yeah. you when you see the basically the entire team struggling for for all ninety minutes, and you don't really see a whole lot connecting together, right? Defense was lobbing balls forward, and they didn't have a whole lot of support for midfield. And then once the midfield got the ball, they seemed to be passing backwards a lot. They didn't have a whole lot of connection to the front. Um, it's kind of a systemic. You know something's wrong something isn't working um you know there weren't periods of play where loyal really dominated there weren't really periods of play where you know things strung well together um obviously the goal and, and that was nice you know guido to jack blake and then jack blake turned had a really nice touch to ben spencer uh who slotted it home sure that was a nice moment but um it's not like there were a lot of those right that was our only shot on goal all game and it went in Yeah. you know um and we had three <laughs> yeah. shots total like it's just a system thing to me and, and, and Jerry, you, you know, you're giving me me shit for saying the word cute, but it, it's, they're trying too much, you know, Phoenix played a really simple style of soccer. You know, you press, you counter press and you attack their weaknesses. And our weakness was, you know, we were, we were like a three, five, two in possession and a four, four, two in defense. And then you're asking a ton of Jack Metcalf to go forward and get back. And he's kind of caught in between a lot because we kept losing the ball. You know, he'd like take like four steps forward and like try to attack. And then he'd, we lose the ball and he'd, all of a sudden be caught out and senti would be attacking him and he's already on the black, the back foot. Like there was too much going on. You know, we just, it, it needs to be simple. We just need to simplify the game. We have so much talent on the squad. Um, and it, there's just too much going on. The players looked like lost. Um, there was, you know, half the time Colin had the ball at the six and he's just like, what do I do with this? And then he would just end up passing it backwards or passing it laterally because there wasn't really anybody showing for him. So I'm, I'm, We'll get into next week soon, but um, I'm, I'm hoping for some pretty big system changes and not just personnel, um, that kind of stuff, because no matter what, you know, Phoenix, yeah, they're the cream of the crop. We talked about that, but there was too much going on. They were trying too much at the same time, especially for such so early in the season. Such um, the hard they're team, right. hardest team, you know I mean? they're the hardest yeah. team.
1: They're the best team in the league, right. period. There, there is not a better team statistically over the last three years. Right. And they had three shots on goal or not three shots, three shots total, one on goal. Yeah. And to, to have that kind of generate chance generation, you know, that's, that's what Nate talks about, right? He said, we want chances and we want high quality chances. We well, didn't have any chances and you had one high quality chance. That's it. So you, you really need to create more in that space that, Allows your players to at least be successful because it felt like they were, as you said, asked to do too much. And it felt like they weren't, they weren't playing bad because they are bad players. They were playing bad because they weren't in a position to succeed. And as a coaching staff, Landon took responsibility for that. Uh, He said, our guys did some stuff they wouldn't do normally. And I don't know what that means. Maybe that means they did that as a coaching staff and they're not going to do that anymore. You know, for the rest of the year, and they wanted to try some stuff here, and it just didn't work. Um, Sometimes you go and you play a a game, you're an expert, and you get your butt kicked by a rookie, even just having a bad strategy. In this case, they weren't playing a rookie. They were playing a master, and they had a bad strategy, and they just bent it against us. We had one of our best players not on the field for the first half. Then we took off one of our other best players for the other half. Grant Stoneman going off at a half, I think, made her back much more disorganized. You could tell in a couple of those goals there. uh, Yarrow's just easing his way in you know it's 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 hard to be thrown into this situation and uh have somebody who's the director of that defense even though Trey's done a great job at running the defense Grant's got to be the director just being the person with the most experience in the system with with Nate and obviously last year was crucial to our consistency and so to have him go down against this club you know that's that's where that Aiden Quinn uh, look, was definitely something that I feel if, if Grant was out there, you wouldn't have had him, you know, wide open there. It's, it's those kind of things that just are tough to watch as a fan. But you know that it is a limited, you know, preview, unfortunately, and uh, you wish it was preseason. That's all I'll say. So, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, it's it's live.
0: Um, one thing that I, I do not want to spend too much time on this game. I think honestly, no, we kind of um, there's going to be we could literally nitpick and find so many things and make this like a four hour long show longer than the, the match itself um i don't want to do that I, I would rather pick some things that stand out um and and things that you know are really important moving forward things that are going to affect us in the future because i think that's what really matters at this point we need to leave that game in the past and move forward and look towards RGVFC, which is going to be really really important now that still leaves us with a couple of things i do want to jump into i don't know if you guys want to do it now we can jump into the stats and uh because it's about a 20-minute conversation with uh with uh, john morrissey of usl tactics it was a great conversation Uh, unfortunately we did have uh, a little bit of a disconnect at the end so i uh, you'll you'll notice there's a little bit of a break where he's like i lose your audio i actually cut that out um he finishes his sentence and i basically just say bye for him He's on the screen waving by, but he doesn't get to say bye because his audio uh, was—he couldn't hear me talking anymore. Uh, but we did get through it. It just started. It just suddenly happened at the end. He's so- the Matt
1: Damon of our podcast. Like uh, Jimmy Kimmel does the thing where he pumps <laughs> yeah. Matt Damon at the end. So there we'll do that know. to the USL tactics guy. We'll never let him say bye now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So um, just be aware that I do believe while this video is playing, you may hear your guys's audio. So if you want to mute yourselves during this. That'd be awesome. Um, everybody else, uh, enjoy our interview, interview and our chat, my chat specifically, uh, with John Morsey. All right. Well, if you guys haven't heard of this man yet, he's joining us all the way from, I, I think, are you, you're not in New York, right? Are you in Arizona still?
3: Yeah, still in Arizona, back to New York in the fall at some point.
0: Nice. Well, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. of if you're traveling, because you're not even from either of those places. Uh, but this is John Morrissey at USL Tactics. If you're not following him on Twitter, you have to do that now. Uh, by the end of this conversation, I'm sure you will be following him. Uh, he is dropping all sorts of knowledge on all of us uh when it comes to USL and teams. Now we joke around on this podcast once in a while that uh stats don't matter, but uh you know that that human aspect still, however. John makes it fun, and it makes us want to actually dive into the stats. Uh, so, Just to kind of get things going, John, this is the first time that you come on, hopefully not the last uh, of joining the, the Loyal Locals podcast, but give us a little bit of background for you. As we mentioned, you're going back to New York. You're studying at NYU, if I'm not mistaken, but you're in mm-hmm. Phoenix right now. But where are you originally from, sir?
3: Yeah, so Indianapolis native, born and raised there, lived there until I was 18, at which point hopped on over to New York. Meanwhile, um, my family sort of, well, my like immediate family relocated to Arizona to be closer to my grandparents, who getting up there in age, you need a little bit more of that attention. So pandemic happens, NYU goes completely remote for, boy, this is A semester and a half at this point or two and a half semesters rather so i've just been uh at the sort of new home in arizona and loving the weather by comparison to the midwest and east coast i can tell you that
0: well if you go a little bit more west the weather is even better i promise you that you weren't at the game were you this past weekend no no Okay, but you did see it, and we're going to jump into that, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, for a lot of us. We'll, we'll get into it. You know, it's one of those things as supporters, uh, we don't like it when these sorts of things happen, uh, but it's also probably a good thing that it happens right at the beginning of the season, right? Uh,
3: so, yeah, no, no. I mean, get the little bit of the kinks out early, for sure.
0: I, I would hope so. I would hope so. Oh, also, I do need to mention, uh, so obviously... Drew is on this show. Drew Steck is a big Tottenham fan, as as you are
3: as oh, well. Good, yeah.
0: So I'm not sure that uh, he's aware of that, but there you go. And also so are you an indie eleven fan?
3: Yes, I am. I try, I mean, try to stay as neutral as possible, but I feel like I'm rougher on the eleven in a lot of ways than I would be otherwise, but
0: <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah, you got it. you gotta do it. Uh, you got to expect more from your from your club, just like we do. Um, so let's get into this, because you had a thread on Twitter that I hope everybody goes and actually checks out. Uh, and actually, I might have some of your graphics, too, that you posted up, if I can help you out with those um, as we go through. But kind of break it down to how you felt, because you mentioned that last season's San Diego Loyal had one of the best defense. And this first game, not quite, right?
3: Yeah, so... If you think about the performances that San Diego was putting in at the end of last season, it was a lot of that three-five-two system where you've got the three center backs, you've got the two wing backs who were mostly uh, Hackworth and Metcalf, sort of bombing up and down the flanks, but then joining back when the team was under pressure, and the system worked really well. Kempen was fantastic in goal. I mean, the center backs were as good as anybody in the league. You've got some good shielding from the midfield. And result is that san diego has one of the top two or three defenses in all of usl by goals allowed and they do really well by the shots against per defensive action metric which basically means that opponents are not getting that many shots compared to the amount of clearances blocks you're preventing those dangerous activities you fast forward to this phoenix match the other night and not so much the organization that you had in that system is pretty much uh, gone missing by comparison, even though it's really that same sort of setup, but yeah, that was really the case that I saw
0: you think that and, and we have this graphic too that you threw up there um, actually, would you mind kind of for those of us that may not be too familiar, we just see like you know shapes uh mm-hmm. how, how do we how do we read this?
3: yeah so um take that goals allowed metric on the right i've reversed the scale because obviously if you had a large line for goals allowed that would not be great so that denotes that um this san diego team in 2020 did not allow very many goals and it is just a couple ticks away from the fullest end of that showing that they're in the maybe 90 90 somethingth percentile for goals allowed which in a 30-team league means you're basically top three. And, I mean, ditto for the shots against. Um, The passes allowed per defensive action at the very bottom. Shows how uh, aggressively a team is pressing high up the pitch. So this is a San Diego team. If you think about the end of last season with Rubio Rubin, Alejandro Guido, that they let those guys do their thing creatively, and they relied on the defense to anchor itself in the back. They don't need their forwards to be pressing all that hard because they're so confident in their ability to stay organized and get the job done.
0: Okay, and one of the things I noticed from that graphic too is the uh, long passes were. I don't think we've were the greatest at that, right? I mean, in comparison to probably the rest of the league, it just feels like that's continuing on into the season as well. Especially in this match, uh, we saw it a lot from Phoenix. They're super comfortable up in the air, and we just could not, for the life of us, get the ball out of our out of our area for whatever reason right Um, right it was it was tough to watch but as you're saying about you know the the 352 um i think we noticed going into it that uh that's this is how they plan on playing like this just Mm -hmm. gonna be it uh and with the new additions it's a little bit uh sketchy i guess uh i think you mentioned metcalf uh you know, and then obviously we didn't get to see a lot of Greenspan, but I think that he would have worked out great too in the center position. Um, now having a chance to hear about like Benkezili who I think is one of the players that we're looking out for a lot in defense, he also, same thing, was just not uh, up to par in this game. Do you, do you take that maybe from a statistics side? Was that more because San Diego just came unprepared or was it because Phoenix is just that good?
3: I think it's a little bit of both. If you think about these players it's guys who have really proven themselves at the usl level i mean the main issue for me was on that right wing where you had this fluid situation where in defense it was that back three that i'm talking or rather it was a sort of played like a back four almost with um metcalf dropping into the back line but then in possession he would jump forward into the midfield line and so what that did was sort of isolate the center back on the right side who was josh yarrow who was basically just announced a week or so ago no
0: yeah well and he was i announced
3: mean yeah, i'm sure he was trialist and all that but um he didn't look like he was all that comfortable in the system and so in these attack to defense transitions where i mean you made mention of phoenix with these long balls right they're a team that can come at you like that and they'll uh, counterattack at pace so when you have the right flank of your defense that isn't comfortable with one another but needs to pull off a pretty complicated tactical setup it leaves you open gaps and santi moar for uh, phoenix really took advantage in that context
0: so this is where i think that's where this comes in right
3: yes exactly so just to talk on that a little bit you've got yaro number 14 there and in so this map shows where players tended to get their touches when San Diego had the ball. You can pretty clearly see the shape, the three, five, two in terms of the lines. Mm-hmm. But then when they would turn it over, Yarrow would slide a little bit more centrally. Number four Metcalf would slide back to the right back spot, and then you'd have to send a central midfielder over to cover out wide. And that's where the issue is. This whole triangle of players that you're seeing at the top of the graphic there didn't have that level of organization. And number seven, Moar, who's a really smart midfielder, a veteran at this level, completely tore them apart. Whenever he picked up the ball, he was able to cut in, draw defenders out of their places. And he's got uh, put in a really great performance generally.
0: You know, and talking about Moar, I think he's clearly bringing what he brought to the team in 2020. Um, you had this graphic too. If you look at that, I mean, he's just an all-around good player. Right. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous, actually.
3: It's really uh, good.
0: He's yeah, he's Really good.
3: Solomon Asante on the right wing is an MVP level guy every single season. And he's drawing so many eyes just because he's that constant threat, which makes it all the more dangerous when Moar is able to cut into the middle. If you're a defender for San Diego, who's suddenly drawn to Moar, you're leaving Solomon Asante wide open. This is the MVP of the league. It just creates these recurring problems. John Vaccaro, out of the midfield, also found a lot of space in this context. He would make these sort of late runs from the middle where he could find those pockets of space that San Diego was leaving and get some good shots from deep, or uh, rather, draw more guys out of position, which allowed him to pass to Dadashov and Asante. It sort of just piled on one thing after another where more found that first gap. Everyone gets drawn out of shape trying to cover against that. And then you this is how you end up giving up four goals because it just keeps waterfalling in that way.
0: Well, and then there was also the fact that they were able to, you know, take twenty-five shots, eleven of them sure on target. <laughs> so that right. like, how much space are we giving them to be able to do this sort of thing? And I mean, it's it's us giving them space plus them being able to create space. They just have the players that are able to find those those open spaces and just completely take advantage of those situations, right? Um You, I mean, obviously you, I think at the beginning of this, uh, the season you have, you have, you still have San Diego, I would hope a a little bit higher up in the uh, division uh, with Mm -hmm. Phoenix rising Sacramento Republic, obviously on top Uh, Sac also, I mean, putting up a fight against galaxy too. you know, coming to the end of that match, but San Diego, you placed them third in the Pacific division. Do you, do you think that obviously after one, one game after the first match, should we be worrying or is this something that is just, you know, it's, it's a learning curve for these new players or how are you feeling about them now having put them in third place on, on your, uh, you know, on your, uh, divisions here?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I put together the preview. I think you're referencing. Yeah. Um, for me, it was a pretty clear top three as well. I think this is a San Diego side. That's definitively better than what you're getting out of orange County, but, To a certain extent with this matchup, Phoenix is just going to Phoenix. This is consistently, year in and year out, basically the best team in the entire division. So yes, you're frustrated with the fact that you've lost 4-1 to and really been dominated in the process. But the fact that the errors and the miscommunications are so glaring right away, and you know what you need to solve, you know where you need to work, is promising in a way. And the fact that the players who are making these mistakes have such a track record of being genuinely good at the USL level. I mean, Yaro is a guy with MLS experience. If you think about uh, Van, Van Zele, I can never pronounce the name correctly. Um, he's been fantastic for Pittsburgh for years, like all USL level for me. So if those are the guys that are making these errors, you think that they're going to be able to solve them. And I don't think I'm worried about San Diego at this point. If in a month from now, you're seeing the same issues cropping up consistently, then maybe we have to have a discussion about the playoffs being questionable. But for me, this is still confidently one of the top three teams in the Pacific.
0: You know, one of the things that we discussed earlier um, this season once the schedule came out was the fact that we do face off against Phoenix rather early in the season and all four matches come kind of early for San Diego, which means that they, they do need to, you know, figure this out because beating Phoenix at least once twice out of the four is going to be very important if we do want to compete for that top spot or for the top spots just in general in the in the not just the division, but the league. And so as we go into this, because I feel I agree with you. The players that we have have shown a lot more than this game. I don't think that this is a reflection on what uh, an individual player uh, is is like and actually can perform. I think this is a team thing, and I think that when Landon actually came out and said, "Hey, you know, this I'll put this on me," I, I agreed wholeheartedly that <laughs> something that could be fixed. Um, what did you mean when you mentioned about uh, you almost would like to see a simplified commitment to a pure three-five-two? What do you mean by that?
3: so when i discussed that transition when you lose the ball and suddenly you go from that three at the back system to the four at the back system it's almost a needless step where you're making the whole back line the whole set of center backs shift over and adjust their positioning and then you have to rely on metcalf to get back you have to rely on the central midfielder to slide out wide to cover against any overlapping runs that phoenix is coming with and so if you just stick with that three-five-two as the system, no matter what phase of the game you're in, it just makes things easier for a team that does need to integrate a couple of new players who's lost a couple of key guys, especially in the attack. So yeah, maybe you wanna add that wrinkle later on in the year, but especially against a team like Phoenix in week one to come out with a fairly complex tactical system it's a confident choice on landon donovan's part but one that evidently didn't really pay off so maybe you come back to the whole idea of this shape-shifting defense later on but i think you really try to bank some points early in the season and then see where that leaves you in terms of experimentation
0: awesome well, to close this off, I have a couple of questions for you and then uh, we'll call it uh, for today. And then hopefully, we'll have you again soon because it's been, a, this has been, uh, you know, just thoroughly enjoyable. And I love talking, uh, tactics and, and hearing somebody that actually knows tactics, which I don't, uh, actually explain it. And That's why I asked, like, explain this because it, it just gives us a, a better idea of what the team is actually doing and, and, uh, you know, what to look out for. And so, when it comes to that, Uh, From a statistics aspect, what are maybe some players that we should be keeping an eye on uh, that are a part of this squad now of San Diego Loyal?
3: Well, I think in terms of defense, Josh would be one to watch just in terms of maybe the tackles he's putting in, uh, the clearances and interceptions. Can he keep up that level of intervention that you saw at the end of last season from the San Diego defense Um, By the same token, I think in the central midfield, you want to see what Charlie Adams is doing in terms of his passing. If this is a team that, yeah, they're going to play some long passes and try to clear the ball, but they're also fairly committed to possession. And Adams is sort of the key to getting the ball from the back to the front, getting it into the feet of a Corey Herzog or a Jack Blake who can really create. So looking at those passing numbers, looking at the forward passing percentage, how often is he moving the ball forward or is he forced to just sort of cycle it at the back and not go anywhere with it? And then I think, yeah, it's the production of your Herzogs who need to come up with the goals, especially given that Rubin, who was an absolute delight to watch at the end of last season, isn't back. Like the threat that he brings needs to come from somewhere. Or this San Diego team really has a different aspect to it in terms of the danger that they're offering. So I think some of those types of numbers would be the things I'm looking for on a player-by-player level.
0: Yeah, you know, that's one of the things, too, that we'll probably discuss in more detail. The fact that we would just, you know, we have such uh, good players in the midfield that should be able to get the ball over to our forwards uh, for... Headers, Corey Herzog, or just mm-hmm. to be in the right place, like Nicky Jackson, who's it just the ball was not there for them where it needed to be. And uh, so I absolutely agree with that. Not just not just Charlie, but also Alejandro Guido. Uh, just Definitely something to look out for. So okay, one more, last one, because I know that mm-hmm. there is some uh, you know some people that are listening to us that maybe want to get a little bit more into USL. Maybe San Diego Loyal is the first team that they've watched, and if you have ESPN Plus. Uh, you you know what I'm talking about, and if you don't, you need to go and and sign up for this because you get to watch other teams. So I would ask of you, John, what are maybe your teams to watch? Maybe one team to watch from each division uh, that is not San Diego Loyal. So we'll make it four different ones, uh, and 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 then kind of like who you think would be exciting to watch, right? Uh, maybe starting with the central central division, and then you can take it from there. Uh, one team from each division would be would be awesome.
3: Yeah, I mean, in terms of starting from the central, I think Louisville would be an interesting one to watch just because you know year in and year out they bring that level of technical organization no matter who the manager is. And in terms of a player within that system, I think Cameron Lancaster as the striker just because he is a really good presser. So he gives you that defensive contribution. But at the same time, he's really a poacher of a striker where he'll pop up in the box as needed and give you so much. He's just the prototypical forward at this level. Uh, Moving over to the Eastern or rather the Atlantic division. I think Pittsburgh is always a fun team to watch. And I think from the San Diego perspective, they might be fascinating just because they're another team who is married to that three at the back sort of setup. And for them, Canardo Forbes has to be the guy. I think he's the all-time USL assist leader, if I'm not mistaken. But he really tends to play deeper in the midfield nowadays, sort of pulling the strings, blasting these long passes to the fullbacks who bomb forward for this Pittsburgh side. If you're looking for the system that Donovan wants to play, really fully actualized, I mean, Pittsburgh is the consummate example. Um, sliding over to the Western Conference and that Mountain Division, Oof, El Paso locomotive have a place in my heart just because of um, some of the NASL guys that they've got in that system coming from the indie fandom. And I think, particularly, just to give some positional variants. I would watch for uh, Yuma, Mijack, Jerome, the players who slide into that center back position, because. El Paso stylistically is a team that wants to keep the ball on the ground with short passing, that wants to possess the ball to death and not give you a chance to ever have it. And those players, even as defenders and defensive midfielders, are so technically capable that from the fan perspective, you get the joy of watching a really good uh, player pass the ball, but you also have this respect for a pretty unique system within the league that takes a lot of talent and a lot of discipline. Um, And then within the Pacific Division, I am fascinated by how Orange County is going to look this season. I don't necessarily think that their roster makes sense in terms of the build because they are very top-heavy with the attacking talent they have and very light on the midfield. So to name a specific player, I do think that uh, Tommy McCabe in the middle is going to be really, really important for them just as that holding midfielder who can put in a tackle, who can possess the ball. So what I was talking about with Charlie Adams needing to pass it, he has that responsibility in the game that is, but he also needs to be able to contribute defensively. If a team's on the counter attack, he needs to put in that tackle to prevent the back line from coming under pressure. And for an Orange County team that really has some aspirations within this league, he'll be absolutely crucial.
0: Okay, and that's going to do it for us with John. Go make sure that you follow him on uh, Twitter, at USL Tactics. Uh, we'll have him on uh, here shortly, hopefully soon. Thanks so much, John. We'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. There you have it. How was that? Thanks to John, by the way, for coming on and joining me. Uh, we recorded that yesterday. Obviously, there was a little bit of audio. Uh, issues there at the end uh, And in the middle right now with the internet That was weird uh, But he had that was a lot though. really good points Really really good points yeah. um, And I think it's we all agree <laughs> We all agree in all the points that he made And by the way He still highly believes that After one game <laughs> And I think we all should uh, For us as supporters sometimes And it's something that we need to talk about it's, Obviously it's difficult to Get past a 4-1, which, by the way, 4-1 yeah. is the biggest loss in the very short history of our club. So it hurts. And we don't want to lose by four goals. But, I mean, to Phoenix, it makes sense that it happened. And it it just wasn't expecting it to be like that, you know. And so he does say, obviously, don't worry about it. I would not. He He's like, I'm not worried about it. I still think that they're going to be top three. Um, and that yeah. absolutely makes sense. Uh, and it so- hadn't
1: happened before, though. You know, we, we played Phoenix so tightly. We We did lose mm-hmm. to Reno. It got out of hand, right? So if that was a club that came back and spanked us, now they don't exist anymore. But if they did, we wouldn't be super surprised because I think it's in our lexicon to be like, hey, these guys killed us. Luckily, we took their best player when they folded. <laughs> so that's the nice thing for us. But with Phoenix, you know, we played them so well, the thought was, hey, we can play them pretty well again. And so I think that's where the surprise for me was. But to see it laid out makes sense. We were trying too hard. You know, his assessment, I think, as an objective person who, who's been, you know, watching the club and, and liking what we're doing. But I, I think understanding where they're trying uh, was a really nice analysis. So thank you to him. And, yeah, hopefully we can have him on here for more of a live interview or uh, get him some beers or, or whatever he uh, desires in terms of, uh, you know, jumping on here with us because he's got a huge brain. I'd love to crawl around in there. <laughs> ask some weird drew questions what um, about you steve drew, a great drew. i thought pittsburgh was a great shout too. their stadium is beautiful it sits right on the river looks over downtown very easy watch nice thing is that it's counter time from us usually about three hours you know 4 p.m kickoffs. Good that kind point. Of thing. um so and it is, is a really easy mentioned. watch i've watched them a bunch as we were getting into the league with an espn plus account uh, is a really good watch, Steve. You're on mute still. I think a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, and also the the three five two uh, deal with Pittsburgh is it's actually Damn. fascinating. So it's good to know that, right, uh, Steve? Were you, were you yeah. going to say something because you were on mute?
2: No, I was just agreeing mostly. But uh, yeah, that was great, and I agree, Jerry, with what you said and what John said about keeping it in perspective. Um, I, I kind of um, trashed things early on here in this podcast with a lot of negatives, but the yeah, I think the you know his perspective and your perspective on it's a long season you know that's one game um and i, I my biggest takeaway from the interview is now the weaknesses are glaring you know that mm-hmm. was a really good point that he made um it really exposes what you need to work on and uh that's not really something that i thought about uh but it's really well said and it's a really good point you know um th- there's a lot to take away from that and uh, moving into next week you know a little bit here um what are we going to do about it you know how how are we going to how are we going to go to what are we gonna correct? Are we gonna see personnel changes? Are we gonna system change? are we, are we going to simplify things? Are we gonna do it the same and just try to push through for a couple of weeks and see if some real game action can click things in? because there's some there's a lot to be said about, you know it's a long season. and if you get this right and it works really well for the rest of the season, it's worth the struggle early on. But you have to trade you have to trade that off with, you know, if it's not working, if it's not working, if it's not working, if it's not working, it's not working eventually you, you got to say, is this not going to work? You know, you, you got to kind of question yourself at some point. So um, I'm really interested to see like wh- kind of how the club approaches that loss. Um, yeah. Because I, yeah. while I agree with a lot of what John said and Jerry, I think you did a great job with the interview hosting and and I agreed with all your points there too. Um, I have some, I have a little bit more worry about how Loyal played and not just Phoenix's impact on that. Yeah, Because they seemed really stubborn about playing out, out of the back when it clearly wasn't working, right? They seemed lost and they, they seemed had some really sketchy and passes. Seemed, and they seemed yeah, early like on. really bad under pressure and they couldn't turn under pressure. And, you know, some guy was on them and they would always lose the ball. And they were always, you know, they almost always seemed late to 50 50 balls. Like there were some things there that you can take away that's ir- kind of irrespective of the opponent that worry me. And I think how the club reacts next week is going to tell me a lot about the self reflection and the ability of Nate and Landon and the rest of the coaching te- staff to look to go into film room and go, wow, we really messed that up. Let's fix that. Or if they're going to go, no, 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 we were fine. And you know, blah, 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 if, if they, if kind of ha- what their ethos is, right, are, are they going to be stubborn or are they going to really recognize, you know, Hey, we messed up a couple places. Let's fix this. Cause yeah. that's going to tell me a lot.
0: Um, one of the, a couple of stats that you uh, threw up here, Steve. And uh, by the way, if you guys haven't gone to the uslchampionship.com website, uh please sure. do at the, on the games you actually click on that and there's everything that you could uh need as a fan to kind of go through the game the stats it has heat maps on there it has a whole bunch of really cool stuff uh, uslchampionship.com yeah. you go to the website it, it's amazing um and possession was a, a super wasteful we were 61.3% over phoenix's 38.7 uh it just we did not do what we needed to do there then ariels Aerial duels one. I'm surprised that we were so close on that one. I just don't think there were that many uh aerial duels. But then you're looking at the offsides. One thing uh Steve, you wrote here on the notes was we had one offside,
2: right? What yeah. does that tell us? One. We didn't touch the back line. Like yeah. there's come on, like we had we had, we already had no service into the front. You know, Sean put on this chat um you know, maybe before the interview started saying, you know, Herzog and Nikki Jackson didn't even touch the ball in the the opposition box. You know, I think Toomey was the only player who touched the ball in the opposition box, something like that. I looked at the heat maps earlier, and that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's not good enough. You know, we need if you have one offside all game, and you, you seem really backed up in, in possession, you should be playing more balls over the top and seeing. I mean, honestly, there's no VAR here. You know, what if you get a bad call and you and you're you get you know, you find them where they where they really mess up, and you're one on one with the keeper, and you score. You never know what's going to happen. Like, not saying, you know, do it on purpose all all game, but one offside, and I'm pretty sure it was really early. Um, there's got to be more of that. Y- we got to see more, like, you know, Colin playing the ball from the middle right half space and, you know, in behind for Nikki, because there was no other play forward, right? It just it just tells me – to me, one offside tells me a lot of, like, we weren't trying hard enough to play the ball forward. Yeah. Just yeah. flat out. Agreed. You know?
0: Agreed.
1: Um, Especially with a forward like Nikki. Who, yeah. who can stretch yeah sure.
2: well and, and getting
1: and we can put
0: the ball hungry. in the air and Corey will somehow get to it and yeah catch. like that's what he, he does.
2: sticks to the ball yeah and just, yeah like, and Jerry, we you, were, you, you were talking a lot about wastefulness like we had 440 passes to their 261 it's you know, almost almost 200 man. more passes oh, and man I mean the stats on the USL championship website don't tell us progressive passes we need Opta for that stuff so Sean hook it up um but Uh yeah, that's just it's not good enough. There's just too many passes in the back, too much lateral passes. Um and then one thing that obviously stands out, obviously stands out is Loyal had three shots all game. And Phoenix had twenty five. Three shots. Twenty five. They had twenty five shots and (sighs) it's worth noting that this was their backup keeper. This was their we didn't this wasn't even their starting goalkeeper. Like Steve, I thought you were we're gonna 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 make this positive. positive. Oh, stop. why weren't we testing that keeper why weren't we like stop like making him not you know make steroids oh no imagine?
1: shots yeah no i know what you're
2: saying.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah no he he yeah and the keeper was never put in question i i can't remember a time that he was called on to be like well, oh that was a decent save because i didn't i didn't even remember seeing him what even color he was wearing i couldn't tell you <laughs> and i was just watching the game on one of my screens here it, it it's one of those things where they pretty much just never got past like 20 yards out with a decent look um, with a ball that was, you know, given from one player to another player, except for maybe one or two handful of times. And it got scuttled really quickly just because the 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 flame there didn't seem to go very far. So um the no shots in the first half. Am I correct on this? Seeing these in the notes here? I think so. Correct? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Yeah. And Sean, that's crazy. crazy. Right. That's yeah. crazy. that And that felt. Pretty much what it was. It felt just hopeless. It felt, and then you said, and then Snowman goes down at the end. And you feel like this is the opposite of how we felt when Rabin scored that hat trick going into halftime there, right? Like right. It's almost the polar opposite. <laughs> so, like, it's the good thing is that was near the end of our season. We felt so great on that because it meant so much going into what would could possibly be a playoff run at that point. Here, where we're beginning our season. It feels harsh because it's at, at the beginning. If this was in the middle, in a context where we had played a few games and played really well in this system, we'd know more about it. I think there's, you know, things to be kind of broken down here. RGV will be a good opponent to get a good sense of where this club's at in terms of rotation, depth, um, if they go there. And then, uh, if possibly not, what the system looks like, stretched yeah. on. You look, know,
2: look at, that, look at that stat Sean just put up. The most common passer to Nikki Jackson in the game was Trey Muse. That's gnarly. <laughs> that's gnarly. that's like that's a gnarly stat. Um, but yeah I mean yeah, I think yeah. we' Jerry you mentioned it a long time ago we could dwell on this game for four hours. but the kind of like key takeaways and one of the things we we haven't talked about was you know a name Sean just referenced was train use. This game could have been a bloodbath. They had 11 shots on goal. Um, he you know there was obviously four let in. Um, two of the, the first two goals they scored were actually, were actually stopped. And then they were, they were rebound goals.
0: I'm trying to get him to do that by the way. Um, Jeff. but they keep going. <laughs> this, is ther- this is therapy.
1: This is therapy, Jeff. But I want to, really...
2: I want to, I want to talk about Trey. Cause I think he had a, he, he had a good game despite the four goals in most goals ever, you know, ever by a loyal keeper. Um, I think he had a good game. I, I think that there was a lot for him to be proud about.
0: As much as I may seem like I'm a Ben Spencer hater, I'm not. And I just wanted to make sure that I, I say that before I say this. Uh, Trey Muse was definitely my man of the match. I don't think it was Ben Spencer. It was Trey Muse. 100%. Regardless yeah. of the four goals going past him, uh, I don't think that he could have done a better job uh, because he had no help. There was no, no one felt, there to help him. Yeah. Felt a yeah, lot like
1: uh, Tim, Tim Howard against Belgium kind of thing, where it was just like, yeah. dude under fire the whole game. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Could have been two one where they he's just incredible and blocks those ricochets like an un, like like a John Kempin uh, with a few more years experience. Who knows? He could be there, right? Um, he's got the pedigree. It seems like to to be there. It's just incredible his shot stopping ability. So that's the thing I took away, which is really fantastic. You just can't shot, shot stop two follow-ups, which puts you in a terrible position. Then you're left yeah. so open on those last two goals. There's nothing you can do. So, um, you know, he and our defensive he players are just, there on anything he could do. And the defensive yeah, players put,
0: are just there staring at the ball rather than oh actually man. going to try to get it there. Oh, well, let's just have Trey do all year, the yeah. work. <laughs> you no, know? I'm
1: happy we got him and we know what Guerrero can do. And he's, he's great as well. So we know where the standard is at from him and you know, Muse is definitely up there in terms of shot stopping. Uh, his early passing was bad, but then after that, calmed down a bit. And yeah. his passing was actually pretty good after that. And you know, as you said, complete a pass. He could he could complete a pass at the back to our forwards. So that is nice to see. He could also complete a good pass diagonally. He could also complete a pass, uh, you know, short and kind of leading people at the back. So all of that was very encouraging. Uh, it's just you can only do so much when you face that many shots uh, in any form, uh, whether you're in in this sport or uh, an analogous sport like hockey or lacrosse, as a goalie, you're only going to stop so many of the shots you face when you face that many shots.
0: Okay, that's it. We're going to stop right there. Stop on that. I think the one last thing that we're going to say about this match is I hate Phoenix, and that's it. Like that's damn straight. It. That's it. Uh, that was just not a good showing. So let's look forward Ooh. now. Finish your beers. RGVFC. What? You? Gonna, what are you? Are you yawning? No, for what are you watching? doing? No. I don't know. Cheers. I get you don't it. have to.
1: Jerry just poured a new one.
0: <laughs> no, one. dude, I'm not even. This is a, this big, as big as my head. It's mm. crazy. Uh, yeah. Shout out to 3.0. Okay. Now, <laughs> RGVFC, ESPN Deportes, Fox 5. First one on Fox yeah. 5 for this year. Uh, yep. This Thursday, May 6th, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Join us. We're going to be hanging out at Second Chance Brewing on Avenida Science, Avenue of Science uh, in Carmel Mountain. All right. Uh, you go to our social media, all the information is there. Uh, Chavos will be there as well. We're gonna have a joint thing, we're gonna be inside, uh, watching the game, drinking some beers, maybe playing some drums, and uh, having, having a good time now. With
1: five dollar,
0: five p.m., five p.m., Fox Five. Oh, what? Yeah, five. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm trying to come up with a
1: jingle, but it's eerily copyrighted. Do it live <laughs> yeah,
0: Oh man.
1: That's kind um, of what a drum circle is. So if you ever come to a drum circle, that's what it feels like. We had one yesterday at Second Chance. It was great. We're going to be trying to do these all over. So um, we've been pretty consistent. We had one last Monday. We might try next next Monday, but we do want to get people more together as we get closer to the, uh, the game here just to get ready for when we are back in 109. That's been nice as well. So Second Chance has been great with us for that. And so it'll be fun to be there tomorrow. Not uh, tomorrow tomorrow? Jeez. I'll be there tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. Don't no be there tomorrow. Will, but two days from Thursday. The day of recording. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Espen said that I'll, you're... Be, I'll camp out. Hey Espen I got a beard already. Drew Espen,
0: Espen said you're cut off. So you're a cut off. Yeah. Um so RGVFC, Rio Grande Valley FC. I did I have notes and stuff. It's crazy. Let's do it. Um, for those of you that don't know of RGVFC, they're in the mountain division. So they're, they're not even in our division. They are in the Western Conference, however. Uh, their head coach is Wilmer oh. Cabrera. Who comes from Houston? Houston Dynamo. Uh, he was the original Rio Grande Valley coach. Left there for a while to coach at Houston, and is now back. The only winning season that they've had so far was under Wilma Cabrera in 2016, when they started. Uh, you know to play. They were. They ended up in second in the Western Division. After that, it just went downhill. The 2017 they ended in 11th, eighteen. 2018 they ended in the 13th. Uh, place 2019 13th 2020 13th place with the 0 3 and 9 record uh it is not good however this team has brought back Wilmer cabrera as i mentioned they are rebuilding so there's a few things that we need to be looking out for um they play at heb park in the middle of nowhere in edinburgh texas um i tried to see if i could get tickets to go over there and there was just no way that that was going to happen uh so
2: it, is, it is truly the
1: very a middle chance. of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like next to nothing. Yeah.
0: Um, one really important thing to know about RGVFC is that they initially were a connected club to Houston. They were just an immediate affiliate and owned by the Houston Dynamo, uh, but have since separated and they became independent of the Dynamo in December of 2020. However, they do still loan out players from Houston hmm. to RGVFC. So be aware of that. They had a game against New Mexico United uh, over this past weekend, and they won 1-0, and I can tell you that the goal was fluky. Apparently, things happen at HEB Park that always lean towards the RGV FC uh, side and way, and they, they always get some sort of good luck thing happen when they're playing at home. So just be aware of that i don't like um, to hear that yeah i know it's not it's not fun um they, yeah they played a, a like a four two three one type formation uh they're they they do not have really very many players and as i'm looking through some of my notes i like did a quick look at some of these players um you know one that we may be a little familiar with is rodrigo lopez it's his first season with them uh First season with the Toros, but he comes from Sac Republic, and he was also with the Real Monarchs. So he does have a lot of USO experience, uh, midfielder. Uh, James Murphy, somebody that I'm a little familiar with, uh, he does come from LAFC. He was later loaned down to LV Lights, uh, and then he played uh, in the Scottish Championship League in uh, Arbroath for a little while. Now he made his way back, hmm. and he is at Toros. Uh, so that may be somebody to look out for. Uh, Also, Elvis uh, Amo, who's a goalkeeper. He's from Accra, Ghana. For some reason, Ghana's been just putting out a bunch of really good players. Um, And he's a striker. He played uh, with uh, Luron United, 24 appearances, only 8 goals in 2020. So, uh, again, I mean, I go through some of these players, and really those are the biggest standouts. However, um, there was there was uh, some new signings that were announced uh one of the more important ones that stood out stood out to me was uh eric el puma pimentel who is a former club america player and has four championships under his belt uh he's a defensive player he's a uh he's good but he's getting up there in age um so that might have been one of the reasons why he's made his way into rgvfc i don't know i don't know if that's the case or whatever but uh uh you know, another thing was Juan Cabrera from Colombia was brought in. Um, or John Henry Sanchez, I'm sorry, uh was brought in from Colombia. Uh so you know it's it's one of those things where that's there's only so much that we can really find about the club that's gonna affect us. Like the players that they have may not seem great on paper. That they, they did show up, they did play a great game against New Mexico, who we know new New Mexico United is a good team. Um but as far as like expectations, what do you guys expect coming into this game? I, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah, I,
2: exactly. I, I was I thought you were gonna talk. I, I think I, I'm expecting uh I mean it's easy to say I'm expecting better, but I I'm expecting cleaner soccer. That's that's to say the least. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see some stats on how many useless giveaways we had last game and, and then how many Uh, like what we, that's something that we can easily clean up should be easily, uh, fixable. So that's one thing that I definitely am looking forward to. Um, and maybe a little bit cleaner, um, under pressure as well. Uh, That was one of the concerning signs I just mentioned. Um, they seem to be really frazzled under pressure. Um, that's not usually fixable in one game, but, uh, perhaps the, the first game jitters got to them. So maybe this next one won't, won't have that same kind of pressure and we'll be a little bit better, um, with a guy on our backs.
0: Yeah. Um one of the, the so just to go through some of my notes real quick as I'm watching the game. Um and Sean is uh throwing some really good stats out there. 41-year-old Incredible veteran the uh, Vicente Sanchez. Yeah, he he so he came off the the bench um and he was brought in for Cerritos at one point in the match. Um and he did impress. He was definitely a good uh, player. Uh 31 caps and 5 goals for Uruguay. Scored 84 85 goals for Toluca and Liga MX. Um, and he was with uh, Clue America and, and uh, Schalke at some point as well um, so yeah there is a few good players, Grant Robinson he said started for Las Vegas and Adrian Vera played for LA Galaxy 2 um, but going to kind of their style of play uh, they had a good press early on, they were uh, catching New Mexico out of position quite a bit um, they had good. They have really good ball recovery um, and they're great at fun- finding open spaces and, and we know uh, uh we're We gave a lot of open spaces So we just can't give them any room Uh, There's great crosses in defense And we'll need to do a much better job Of aerial work uh, on this match If we want to win this one Uh, They did end up with a 50-50 Possession with New Mexico United Um, They're also very Very chippy like They will foul you Um, So that is another thing uh, Because they do have a younger squad And then they have the older veterans Kind of come in and fill in some spots later in the match um and the veterans that they have are just solid solid players uh has said uh watch the Aegis co- Aegis comments but uh <laughs> it's it, I mean it has to be talked about they have a 41 year old coming off the bench and he's still running around these kids like it was nothing so
1: yeah it's awesome to see yeah love it but yeah, it's it reminds me a lot of Los Dos a little bit, um, in terms of the chippiness. They like to play a high back line a little bit, um, or catch you out, uh, and and yeah. and get that. So we might see a few more offsides this game, just because that's the style they play. But that's part of they'll foul you too. They don't want you to get possession in their half. Essentially, yeah. that's just they just try and muck up the game, keep it you know in front of them, uh, and and. It'll be interesting. It's very uh, different climate than we're used to here. It's very muggy. Uh, it's very different in the Rio Grande Valley. People usually avoid it. <laughs> generally, not in a bad sense, but um, even if you live in San Antonio, my brother worked there for years, and in Austin, and called on sales uh, in the Rio Grande Valley and told me he would um, typically have to make a day or so. It's just a. It's it's physically adverse to getting there as Jerry uh, explained. So it is just a very interesting thing that messes with your mind as, as I think people have said in terms of going there, weird stuff happens. I think players just are in a weird mental space, (laughs) just getting there physically. Um, And so we we're hoping our guys having such a great gel and maybe having a rough time last week, RGV got the win. Um, So for them, right, they got the win last week, correct? Yeah. 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 So you know maybe they're sitting back in their laurels a little bit feeling pretty high about themselves hey we got to win against a quality club and we can come in and get those 3 points that's
0: I hope what not. i'm hoping for hope not yeah i'm shaking my head cuz i'm like i hope not i hope not yeah. i want to watch a good game and i also want to make yeah. sure that uh you know the way that we rebound is going to tell a lot and it has to be against a good team exactly
2: it has to be no, a good yeah, team I want them to press another thing us. i'm looking another thing i'm looking for is some, a, a lot better organization and defense we need to be yeah. way, way, way better mm-hmm. uh, organized from the back line on. Um, and uh, something, I was watching the game with Darren and Jordan, and I think I, I'll still say a few words on being at the game, but the, um, I was watching the game with them, and something that they mentioned was how Kempen was organizing the back line. And I thought that was a really good point that uh, Darren made uh, when I was just watching the game with them was, was you know, yeah, it's a, it's a new back line, but there was something about how Kempen could kind of have that presence that veteran presence with that raw goalkeeping ability to organize that back line. And while Trey has that, you know, raw goalkeeping ability, he's young, you know, he doesn't yeah. really have that, that other ability to like see everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, Hey, you go here and you go there and watch this guy. And Hey, shout, shout, shout to, you know, why keepers get out. better as they get older. It's different. Yeah. yeah. So um, mm-hmm. there's, there's something to that. and I thought that was a really good point too, but I, that that's something else I'm going to really keep, an, keep be keeping an eye out for is, is um how we play in defense yeah especially if
1: grant isn't in yeah i think that'll be interesting because he's he's that surrogate now right he's the veteran presence on that back line that's been in the system or been around so if he's not playing (laughs) does tv step up or is it trey or is it uh do they even play carrero in this match to rotate possibly and they feel like he gives them strengths uh in the heat there um you know to to press it up a little bit more or send balls a little deeper for Nikki Jackson if the if the line maybe can get caught out or things like that too. So it'll be interesting to see what the lineup is. I'm very curious to see what the coaching staff does cuz they took the loss it seems like. Um so it's going to be on them to either rotate the players or put them in a position to succeed.
0: Yeah, be, before so, we, before we move on and and uh you know obviously this is a very 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 early time to be talking about you know, yeah. We should be. We, we should we be worried? Yes, I'm fully aware. I think we're all aware that this right. is not, uh, the time to talk about that. However, it is a long season, and it it is a bad start. And and how we rebound from that will absolutely tell a lot 100%. about the squad. So we need yeah. to be looking out for this. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it, it has to be said that, the, injuries also that we hadn't heard about. Right, Guido, finally, yeah. finally officially was said you know guido has been hurt and an now arc, yeah. with um with stoney we'll see you know how he's doing we haven't yeah. heard anything official yet uh we don't know how he's doing as of right now so we can only can hope for at- the best and and see what happens there is going to be some shifts there has to be some changes yeah. in this starting 11 uh and if there isn't then that means they had a very good conversation and something changed so we'll yeah. see we'll see how that goes i mean even if it's just the yeah. change for for stoneman um I, I think that we should be in a good spot to beat our gvfc if the team that we know should be on the field shows up so yeah uh, i agree and the, we'll the
2: last point i'll make on the match uh besides being there was um i commend Landon for coming out and doing the interview that he he gave um he owned it there were no excuses he just said you know what it was it's my job to make sure the players were, should be ready to play and they weren't and I own that, and that's my that's my responsibility. And I have no excuses. Um, and I, I love that. That's accountability. That's that's recognizing that something was wrong. Right? He didn't go up there and do coach speak. He didn't say, "I think we played well," and the, we didn't. The, the tides didn't turn our way tonight. And you know, he really just gave us an honest assessment of the game. And he said, "You know what? We weren't. We didn't play well." and that's my fault and i that, i love that kind of stuff that stuff really resonates
0: with me. it's definitely better than uh you know we just needed to make more soccer plays we really got yes. you know <laughs> once you know we really had the midfield where the ball just <laughs> which just wasn't moving forward and then the ball just wasn't hitting the back of the net unfortunately our our forwards obviously as you saw you know there was a lot of movement uh and then the defense did you guys see that i posted that it was so yeah perfect <laughs> there, you should be coach man I you should so- be a coach <laughs> Get that down. <laughs> it almost sound, it almost sounds like i know what i'm talking about <laughs> right. right uh but yeah absolutely i i think you know can we move on are you guys cool with that can we just kind of yep. get into some local stuff uh and look sure. forward to rgbfc i think it's going to be an exciting match we do have uh, a team that is pretty new also you know but they showed up they scored a goal and i should say the, the so the goal scored by uh, a or ammo i don't know how you say a m o h uh, it basically he took a shot. It bounced off of the defender's <laughs> leg, and the goalkeeper was caught out of out of place, and it just went over his head and into the back of the net. Like it was one of those fluky goals. And it, to me, it's fluky. Uh, people were saying it was like such a great goal, but there's no way he meant to do that. Like there's absolutely no way he meant to do that. So I don't know. It is what it is. We'll see what ends up happening with uh, San Diego Loyo. Again, Thursday, May six, 5 p.m. Pacific time. ESPN Deportes Fox 5. Now, <laughs> for the locals, we have watch party. We're going to be at second chance. Uh, right. Please join us. I probably should have put the image up here. I, I'm failing today. Uh, I no,
2: apologize. you're dead. It's all over the socials. Just check the socials. Um, yeah, just check you, the socials, guys. Check the socials. Check the um, <laughs> everybody who's watching this knows how to check social media, so check social media. Um yeah, that'll be that'll be fun and exciting. Um, I saw a comment from Espen earlier. I am back in California right now, but I am flying back to Phoenix tomorrow, uh, so I will not be in town for wow. this one. But I will be I will Whoa. be back next week, and I will be back for the foreseeable future. So I got about one it's more week. Like you've never in, seen one more week in the Phoenix uh, desert, and then I think I'm back home for a good long while, and I will relish that for. Uh, I promise you that. So um I will not be there Thursday, it seems, but um I will be there in spirit and I have a little surprise uh for you guys that will make an appearance. So you'll you'll see it there.
0: Now we're yeah, you were late because of it. So I'm not even sure that I went. To. <laughs> I was um, on time. I just feel like <laughs> no, you were late. If come on, dude, what did I tell you? You have to learn that saying. All right. Uh, I, I just feel like I just feel like this button has been pressed too much for Steve and I'm going to do it one more time. <laughs> <sighs> Whatever. All right. <laughs> no. We no yeah, we're, we're definitely we're definitely going to miss you, man. We're definitely going to miss you on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're
1: just sad you won't be there. I hate Phoenix. Um, but it was it was fun having you at the on, you know, at the drum circle too. So it's yeah. it's good to have you here and we hope you get we get more more of this time with you as we yeah. go
2: forward. I literally can't wait. And speaking of can't wait, um, the next thing on our list is the home opener. Uh, it seems like it is coming up real fast, uh, 25 days away now. Um, and that is going to be um, epic. So I, we mentioned a couple of times that I was at that Phoenix match um, on Friday. And my God, it, it was wonderful to see the club play live. It was wonderful to be there. Don't get me wrong, but it made me miss you guys, you know, you two. And it made me miss everybody watching and listening so much more. Um, and it made me miss that March 7th match, that that day uh, when we all got our, our shining moment, right? When we all were able to go and wave flags and, and lose our voices and sing our songs. Um, it made me miss that so much. So it was an incredible experience. It was awesome to be there, but it made me miss and look forward to um, the you know, 25 on, days from now so hold much on, more. Steve, Steve, so Steve, I, Steve. I cannot wait. I literally can't wait for that to happen.
0: Repeat all of that again, please.
2: What? Repeat one oh, of that what you just said right now.
0: Moment. I can't
2: wait. I can't wait to be there. Like I can't wait until we are back at the <laughs> I can't wait. I, I literally can't wait until we're back at the stadium. Um
0: Sorry, it's like as you're saying that I was <laughs> like this
2: <laughs> it's some, like fan music in the It back. wasn't coming through. Um <laughs> no, it's, it's it was it was a cool experience. I will say that their stadium is—it's um, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's—that's the dream, right? It's a modular stadium. It's—it's it's pretty nice. Um, it, it, it without cactuses, like, yeah. If we could have thing. one
1: without cactuses, I'd be good with that. Cacti,
2: yeah, for sure,
1: for sure. But, no, but yeah. it looks—it looks fun. It looks so well, yeah. fun. And I'm—I think—I think what I—I I think what you were saying is that like you were just like they were so shit at supporting. You're like, I want to do that here better. And with my people is what you're saying because I can't even hear them on the broadcast. That's all I'm saying, you know. Yeah, so yeah, gotta I gotta mean, make sure that they can they can hear us all the way in Phoenix when we we play on the uh, 29th.
0: Um, and yeah. uh, another uh, just a big complaint, and we're not gonna do this. We're gonna stray away from nothing but AO chants. Like I swear, all oh, the entire oh game <laughs> oh was God. American <laughs> Outlaw chants, dude. Oh, we are those,
1: but every chant is American, American outlaws. outlaws. Yeah, I was yeah.
0: so confused. <laughs> But
1: anyway,s what, All right. it is what it is. Yeah. Cool.
0: Um, what else do we have?
1: Uh, yeah, locals, locals These beer. Do you chavos Chance, too? Fantastic. Oh, oh yeah. to come to yeah. a drum circle, guys. Come
0: oh, to the drum gosh. circles. Oh, come on oh, Thursday. Oh.
1: <laughs> there's
0: a, there's some. There's some. There's some good ones. Oh,
2: oh, oh. for sure. For sure.
1: Fun.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't have an update on the beer. Uh, the, I believe the. So the 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 packaging stuff the stickers they're waiting on the label sorry that's the word I was looking for labels Got the it. labels for the beer are on the way and then once they have the labels they're gonna start canning uh the beer has already been made so we should have it here in the next uh, coming week two weeks at the latest I think wow um could so, be next
1: podcast uh, th- or the podcast after that that sounds that's pretty exciting though yeah
0: yeah yeah so we yeah. might have some it sounds like we're gonna have the locals beer the one hundred and nine pale Uh, local pale it's going to be before our home match so that's exciting um fantastic one also really exciting thing that i wanted to let everybody know about get hype guys there's a song from a local band called authentic sellout uh i've been talking to these guys on social media they're awesome they're very good rock band punk band uh they're just they they play really good really good music so go and check them out authentic sellout next week one of the members is going to be joining us and we're going to premiere a loyal song a song for san diego loyal called loyal we are we're going to be the world premiere of the song loyal we are for authentic sellout so go and follow them on social media and we're going to have uh, them on the show next tuesday so look forward to that i'm excited it's a really good song i already heard it uh and it's amazing uh so you guys are all gonna enjoy it i know they were doing some they're doing some stuff to it so i got to hear the like rough draft uh so i'm really looking forward to it uh, and listening to to the song uh yeah i think that's it that's all we have i mean just be there on thursday what else? What else can we talk about? Like that's what we need to do. We're we back, keep you guys. Morning. This
2: is—we've been talking. It's been a long off season, we're and back. I mean, we start how we started this this podcast is we're back. This is we talked about a match today. We got a match in in, in two days. You know, two days away. Um, and another match a week after that. Like we're back in the swing of things, and we're back to the season yeah. that we always wanted. Right? We're back to this. We you know, twenty five days away from that home opener. This the summer is going to be insane. Back to back weeks. At Terrero Stadium, losing our voices, losing our minds, singing for 90 minutes. Um, you know, this is—it's time. We're ready. Like this, you know, the, the preseason was a little bit uh, hard without being able to watch our club or be there for our club. But uh, that was the start of the season a couple of days ago, and uh, you know, we're, we're right into the swing of things. Here we go. Yeah,
0: let's go. Let's go. Keep in mind, that this go. is a long, re- a long season. This is only game yeah, one, yeah. and let's get these. Uh, these bad games uh, out of the way, and let's learn from them. I think that's the the biggest takeaway from this one, right? And uh, to put a positive spin on it is uh, win or lose, we, we what, Steve?
2: We drink the brews.
0: Everybody hugs Drew Everybody hugs Drew? No, I don't think that's that's not how (laughs) All (laughs) right, thank you guys for hanging out with us Uh, If you're here live with us, you can hang out We might be here for a little bit after Uh, If you're listening in audio, again, thank you guys for joining us We'll see you again very, very soon Bye
2: Vamos guys.